Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, Casey here. Before we start the show, let's talk. Have you checked out our new website yet? Beers and Ears is part of the Sorcerer Network. And if you go to sorcererNetwork.com, you can find out so much more about our podcasts and, well, Matt's other mistress podcast, Discontinued on Display. While it's still a work in progress, every one of our over 150 shows is up and organized by category for your convenience. Maybe you want to listen to just our Star Wars content. Well, the Force is with you, and so are all 13 episodes. Are you a fan of our Diz Game trivia challenges? Well, then you're going to want to check out all 10 of those episodes. Perhaps you're watching the MCU in its chronological order, and you want to know what two MCU nerds have to say about them. Well, check out our entire MCU section that covers every MCU property to date and in the order you should watch them. Or if you're a Parks fan, well, we have over 34 episodes and counting on everything you need to know about planning your trip. 44 movie reviews, 17 shows with special guests, 14 top 10 shows, seven holiday favorites, and 17 shows that just don't seem to fit into any category. They're the Bruno of podcast episodes. Whether it's our Bob Chappick Spectacular, the history of the LGBTQ community and Disney, our unpopular opinions, Disney guilty pleasures, or even our one-year anniversary special that we did last year, it's all there waiting for you to relive some of your favorite moments. We've said this before, but Matt and I cannot say thank you enough for being along on this ride with us. We are working on adding blogs and even more content in the future so that you'll get your dose of ears and ears whenever you want it. So visit SorcererNetwork.com today and check it all out. All right, let's get on with the show. What if you didn't understand what he saw? Then you better figure it out because it was coming for you. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. We don't talk about Bruno. Welcome to the Beers and Ears Podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome in to the Beers and Ears Podcast. We have decided to violate all the rules. Call us rebels. We're going to talk about Bruno. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. I do think it is ironic that the number one song on the top 200 Billboard charts and... Uh, and like the song that everyone is singing is we don't talk about Bruno and the whole song I mean again this is part of the delight of it is the whole song is them talking about Bruno he told me my fish would die the next day no no he told me I'd grow a gut and just like he said he said that on my head with this lip in the look at my head your friend is still with your prophecy is red what, what's ironic, well, it's ironic, but you know what's funny to me is I don't even think it's that great of a song. Like, it's a fun song. I don't think it has anything on Let It Go. So, like, in my mind, really? I, I, I don't. I mean, it's a, it's a good song, but I thought Let It Go was better. And honestly, it's not the best song of the movie. And we're going to talk about that. A surface Pressure, in my mind, I think is the best best song in the movie. I think that's just a, a great song. But, um, but no, yeah, we're talking about Encanto today. Uh, the, the movie that came out, the Disney, the 60th yeah. uh, Disney animated movie. Uh, in the animated series, so I think that's a huge thing. It's their diamond movie. Uh, debuted um, uh, at the El Capitan Theater on November 3rd. Debuted publicly in the United States on November 24th. Unfortunately, it had the the wave of Omicron, I think, was announced that exact same day. I think it was actually announced on Thanksgiving. So yeah. there was this issue of, oh, my goodness, we're going to have another wave of coming of, of, of COVID. Um, because of that, it did not do great at the box office i do want to say that it probably made at least broke even um it was a the budget was 120 to 150 million and it made 237 million at the box office but this is one of those movies where 
it really found its success once it moved over to Disney Plus. Well, really, so a funny thing I have to point out here. Um, uh, uh, I saw someone on social media post the movie Dinosaur, like the 2000 computer animated movie Dinosaur, made more money than Encanto did. Ooh, um, now, rough. again, different times, different like the yes. like, context is important there. But I just thought, like uh, cherry picking stats, it's it's funny, but kind of funny. it is important <laughs> to know that it was not like over Christmas we were all singing we don't talk about no. Bruno it really did not hit the mainstream success until it premiered on Disney Plus and Correct. that was obviously you know Christmas Eve they did that last year too where you know Soul kind of came out yep. they released it on Christmas and i remember that was from a streaming numbers number one streamed thing. And so I think Disney kind of said, let's do that again. And yeah. this time it worked out in a big way in that. Mm. Yeah. Number one on the billboard charts. I believe the first thing to do that since whole new world. Yeah. Whole new world from Aladdin from the early nineties. And I think one of the reasons why it's also found some success and why I think soul was successful, but it kind of went up and died really fastly. No pun intended being soul. Uh, um, yeah. I think one of the reasons why this has maybe found a little bit more success, long lasting success, is A, it is a musical, uh, Soul was not a musical, but B, you th there are many more characters to relate to in this movie that you can, you can pick a character and say, this person reminds me of me not just the main character, there's the side characters, there's so many of them, and Lin-Manuel Miranda and, and the director and, and this whole the, the whole crew that put this together, they did a really great job at building some depth into these characters and making you understand them a little bit more, I think. Which is really hard to do in an hour and 40 minutes when you have, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of characters in this. Did and you read the uh, interview or hear, did you see the interview that Lin-Manuel Miranda gave about the, the family uh, magical and why he chose that song? I, I did not. So the whole purpose behind that song, that was the first song that he wrote before there was even a script for the movie. He wrote this, this, um, this song to show to the Disney executives that a movie about, I don't know, 12 characters or 16 characters, however many there are in this movie, a movie about 12 or 16 characters can be told in 90 minutes. <laughs> about the family and... She was about to tell us about her super awesome gift! Oh, Mirabel didn't get one. And, yeah. and that you can learn about them. And that, that song perfectly sets it up so that you can understand, at least have a general idea of who these characters are and what their special talents are, you know? Yeah, well, and, and all of them feel, all the characters, you feel their personality. Yes. Um, you know, yes, there's there's definitely ones that you feel more based on how much screen time they have, but you have an idea of what all of them, what the vibe all of them have. Yep. Um, and, and I think that, that that that's hard to do. That's hard to do in 90 minutes. And so, yeah. like, giving props to the people of the film, the, who made the film, it, it, it really, it, it connected very, very well. So... So I think um, as we yeah. talk about this, I think what we need to do, I know we usually do like the, what did you like most? What did you like least? I think I want to do a little bit deeper with this one. I think let's, I want to separate this up into like, like three parts. Part one is kind of just been the setup, but part two, I want to talk about the movie itself. Let's talk about what we liked most, what we didn't like, um, you know, characters, et cetera. But the final part that I want to, I want to use our time for Matt, if you're okay with this is I want to talk themes a little bit, because I think there's a lot of, thematic um undertones in this movie that that i think can be 
can go in different ways. And I think that'd be, I think this is one of those movies where it's a, it's a really deep movie. It's a thinker. And if you're an adult, it really as, is, as a kid, I, it's on, on no pun intended, but on the surface as a kid, it's just like, Oh, this is a fun movie. Exactly. But as an adult, there's, there's a lot of good conversations to have there with is. this movie. And I have two Disney related conversations as well at the end that good. are not silly, but you know, okay. less, less deep. <laughs> well, let's, let's move a little bit further into just the movie itself. So, you know, whenever we have a movie like this, um, you know, let's just talk overall feelings to begin with. So you just watched this today, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So my, so my wife, in your mind. so my wife and I, um, had been wanting to watch this movie for a while. And of course, you know, we have two kids, three-year-old and one-year-old. It's hard to, you know, with working, it's hard yeah. to sit down and watch a movie. So we finally did it. We dropped them off at grandma and grandpa's house and we watched the movie. I had listened to the soundtrack before cause it's impossible not to. Um, I, I, I so enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, beginning to end, it it was just a fun ride okay. where it, the powers are fun. There's there's good little humor moments in there. There's some deep thought provoking moments. The characters are fun. The family. Like, we all understand family. Yep. We all understand having, you know, to be in a big family gathering and the dynamics that that brings. I mean, that's something that everyone can connect with. And I mean, of course, the music just I mean, we've we've talked about, you know, we don't talk about Bruno and super surface pressure, but all the music mm-hmm. is is yes, those are the two that shine brightest. But Family Madrigal is really, really great. Um, the song that's going on when it's going through Abuela, Abuela's backstory um, you know, Mirabelle's mm-hmm. singing, Isabel and Mirabelle's song, like all of them just fit right into the moment of the movie. And that's hard to do because usually at this kind of stuff, there's like a throwaway song. There's a song yep. that you're like, ah, okay. Like, I, I don't need to listen to this song. Fast yep. forward through this. In Sound of Music, it's um, Climb Every Mountain, Ford Every Stream. Like, that. Like you're near the end. It's a horrible old lady singing. Just like, you know what? Let's just get to the, <laughs> let's let's just fast forward. Let's just go. I've never, on, I've never seen on. Sound of Music. I'll have to check it out. You've never seen Sound no, of Music? No. A lot of those classics, I have not seen. Sound of Music's one of them. White Christmas, It's a Wonderful Life. Never seen any of those, no. Oh, oh, you can see man. Matt's face right now. Like it's like 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 completely wide open. Yeah, no, I've never seen Sound of Music. Oh my word! Well, that's on Disney Plus. We technically could do a pod about that. We, we could do a pod about that. You're right. You're right. Oh, I know I'm going to get a lot of people are going to. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I've not seen. Well, you guys know about the other, the uh, the other one with Andre the Giant. I've not seen that one either. Uh, Princess Bride. Yeah, I've never seen that one either. Okay, so. that one's not as reprehensible to me. <laughs> I mean, not that either any of those are reprehensible. That like our relationship has changed now. But, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Jeez. But, but like sound of music is one of those things that like, I don't know, that's one of those like permeating culture things that I'm sure, you know, a bunch from oh, it. Oh, like, absolutely. I know about it. I think, I think, um, favorite things is one of the songs in that. These yeah, are yeah, a yeah. few of my favorite things. Yeah. I know that song. There, um, there's a fantastic, um, uh, SNL sketch where John Mulaney hosts, where they do a scene from that. Okay. And, um, I love John Mulaney, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's this whole, like the, the top daughter's falling in love with Have you this, seen his you know, sketch on what's new pussycat? Fourth song fades out. It's dead quiet. And then, I don't know if you know this, but the song begins very quietly. <laughs> What's new pussycat? And he goes, God! Pounds on the table. And silverware flies everywhere. And it was fantastic. But a word about my best friend John and what a genius he was. Because when we first walked into the diner, okay? When we first got there, and I'm punching in the What's New Pussycats, all right? I've punched in like seven at this point. And then John says to me, Hey, 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 before you punch in another What's New Pussycat, let's drop in one It's Not Unusual. (laughs) Oh, yes. That is when the afternoon went from good to great. You need to write that down to, to YouTube his comedy sketch What's new, Pussycat? Okay, it's about him and his friend in their teenage years going to a Chicago diner, and 
putting the What's New Pussycat song on repeat for like 30 times. I, okay, now that you're saying this, I do remember this. The other one that I love of his is his Mick Jagger um, where he just, he like, Mick Jagger just is in a new, like, he, he just, like, he, he's just a star. And so he just carries himself like a, that's not funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I okay. think we need to reel it back in. How did we get to John Mulaney from well, his Sound of Music. He yes, has a whole yes. SNL okay, so we'll, we'll, sound of music. We'll that back in. Yes. Um, so, so what did you, what were your thoughts? Like, so, okay, so I am not as hot on the movie as you are. Um, I think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Um, I I think when I've described this in a couple of my Facebook groups, um, Disney groups where people have commented, my response is I give it a B. I don't give it an A. I don't give it an A minus. I don't give it a C. It's not a horrible movie. I don't give it like a, you know, it's, it's a B movie in my book. Um, uh, while I do feel that they do a pretty good job of, of character development and you truly, um, get to know the characters i think for me i felt i left the movie wanting more um i feel like we were just having a conversation about the mandalorian boba fett before we started recording which is next week's episode but when i was talking to matt about boba fett i said the final episode felt anticlimactic to me I felt that the finale of Encanto was also very anticlimactic. I felt like it was building to something. We got it, but I was like, yeah, I kind of saw that coming like when the movie was set up. And and I think this goes to something that you and I talked about last year as these new movies have been coming out. This is yet another Disney movie without a proper villain. Okay, so oh, you're you're transitioning into my question. So first of all, one, this is this is just a random question. We don't spend a couple times on this, but I think this movie needs to become a TV series. Oh my because God! Yes. Oh my God! Brilliant. Now, yes, you can dive now into these stories, how they interact with them, with themselves, with the town. This is tailor made to learn more about these characters through a TV series. And imagine how awesome it could be as new family members get introduced, that they've got additional powers or, or something like that. There, yeah, there absolutely is tailor made for a TV series. I, I yeah, I agree with you. hundred yeah. percent. So, uh, and of course, you know, I, you knew we were going to have and this. Disney if they're smart, they'll do it because They've got a captive audience. This is where Disney, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is where Disney falls down on the job, where they have got a hot property that they could build on right now, not have to go full feature film, start a series out, get it out there within the next year. You know, they've already been talking about adding like a, 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 a South American pavilion into Epcot at some point, right? This writes itself, man. But Put the casita in there. Like, yes. make even if it's just yes. a walk-through attraction. Yes. yes. Like, it doesn't have to be a full ride, but a, a like almost like a um, the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. Yes. Like something that you can just walk through, and the yep. casita is doing things, and you get to see you know characters like yes. That it, it's it's tailor made, but yep. or you can, um, you can make so, it a dark ride if you wanted to to go. Oh through yeah, the yeah, absolutely. I'm not against a ride, but I also think that you know I I get it. Rides can be. There's a whole lot to go into them. I think of, I, the other thing about it is the demographics are on Disney side too. This is a this is very much uh, set in Latina Latin, Latino culture, right? So it's very much set in that that um, uh, that South American base, which is a huge demographic push for Disney right now. It writes itself. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what they do because I mean, the last time that they had a movie take off like this. It was frozen. Like, you know, the songs took off and everyone was singing them. I heard We Don't Talk About Bruno on my radio pop station coming Wow. Up. Like, this That's is this crazy. is the, like, you know, we play the greatest hits and they decide to play We say, Don't Talk About Bruno. I would say Coco had a little bit of an effect like this, too. Coco was somewhat popular as well. And they've done a decent job kind of capitalizing. I mean, my God, they put that new the new short into, the, into Mickey's yeah. Magic, right? But this is this is so much handmade for Disney in terms of it's colorful, it's magical, it's musical, it's fun. It, it, we'll talk about the deeper meanings a little bit, but yeah, I, I agree. TV show is good, but continue what your thought was. I'm sorry. So was... You, you had to know we were going to talk about the Disney villains theory. Cause I have, I, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot, way more than I should, but you know, it, it, this is what I do. 
the correct me if I'm wrong on this. The last Disney villain that we have had that is like in the Disney villains realm that you see pop up is Mother Gothel from Tangled. I Wait, can't Tangled after Princess and the Frog? Yeah, Tangled was Prince and the Frog was 2009, Tangled was 2010. Only exception I would say, and I know you and I probably disagree on this. I, I do feel that Hans is a bit of a villain in Frozen. I, I, okay. I, I, okay. I do feel that he is a bit of a Frozen a villain, but even that was 2013. So, I mean, that was nine years ago, even there. So, I mean, it's not I that far off. I can't think of a Disney villain that is like a part of the, you know, Disney villain brand, so to speak. Ryan the Last Dragon, did that have a villain in it? I mean, we debated this one, whether like Namari and Fang were a true villain. Yeah, but they end up not being a villain. They end up not being a villain, which which I'm okay with. I like that arc, but I'm talking like a true true villain. I mean, and and so my, my question is, are we done with the, you know, stereotypical Disney villain. Are we done seeing characters like Ursula, Scar, um, Jafar? You know, are, these are characters that are wildly popular, and yet Disney I, is choosing I, not to put them in there. And I'm not saying that their films are then bad. I think Raya and the Last Dragon is really, really good. I think Moana is good. I think Encanto is good. These movies are good. And so my Disney villains theory is starting to see some holes... But at, at what point are, are at what point is just this the, this the kind of film that Disney's deciding I, to make? I wonder if Disney is suffering a little bit from kind of an identification crisis. And what I mean by that is, if you think about many of those villains that we just identified, a lot of them to make them look villainous rely on stereotypical tropes. Um, a lot of the villains, especially the male villains are made to be more effeminate, made to be more gay looking in some cases or gay. Okay. Jafar, Scar. Uh, those are two examples of one, you know, obviously Ursula is modeled after a, a drag queen um, where societal, stereotypes of LGBT individuals um, may have played a role. Um, Jafar was made to look darker in complexion in his role or in, in whom and who he is so that he looked more menacing quote unquote. So it, I, I bring this up because I wonder if as they are coming up with the scripts and the stories behind these things, Disney is seeing that there is a risk to villainize somebody based on these things that maybe they could have done even as early as 15 years ago that they necessarily can't do now. Um, And so until they can figure out a way to villainize somebody that's not based on stereotypes that uh, potentially could offend somebody, they just don't go there. I don't know. I mean, that's just, I mean, I don't have any inside knowledge. It's just a theory, you know, but I think like, I mean, mother Gothel is a perfect example of, of someone who, who they really made out to be a great villain. Yeah. Um, and even, I don't mind if it is something like Raya and the last dragon, mother Gothel though, back to her real quick. Yes. They made her out to be a great villain, but she is not up there as iconic as the, as the other ones. Like she's like, she's there, but like, she like sometimes she gets forgotten that she was even like that she was a villain you I know mean, is, is our last really iconic villain hades in 1997 yeah i mean i, mean, I guess dr facilier dr facilier dr. in 2009 really was has... a villain. yeah yeah I, I i mean i i don't know i i i i think it's a great question clearly there has been a change at disney animation to go towards less villains and more you know, inside story arcs, you know, the villains inside you, whatever, 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 or, you know, conflicts that are, you know, more, less adventurous and more about finding oneself. And, and, and it's working. I mean, it's working. Um, and, and maybe the tide will change at some point, change at some point. I think the Disney of 75, 80 years ago, 50 years ago, 40 years ago, had a different type of audience that they had to, play to and our the audience now is much more educated much less judgmental 
Um, and as such, the things that they could rely on, the tropes that they could rely on, aren't necessarily there anymore. Yeah, I just, I just think it's odd that it's not like Disney shoves their villains in a corner and says, hey, don't, don't worry about these people. The Disney villains are a huge part of the Disney culture. They are. And so it's, it just seems odd that in one of these films, they're not like saying, okay, in this film, we need a proper like villain. We need a true proper, like, yeah, we, we, at some point I would love to see them go back to a true adventure type story, something, something, a quest type story. You know, like we haven't really had something like that in a long time where, you know, Aladdin goes on this journey to find this magic lamp or I, I don't know. You're right. We need, we need some kind of a villain, but then you run the territory of, do you scare, do you scare the kids? You know? And I think that at the end of the day, the movies are for kids, you know? And that's what I think a big part of it is, is that they are trying to make it more accessible to children, but also, I mean, there's intense parts in Encanto. Okay, there's not a villain involved in it, but there's mm-hmm. some like there are actually some really intense, yeah, quote unquote like scary parts. Yeah, um, Raya too, like that has some scary things. Moana, I would argue. I mean, there's scary parts in it. So I I I I hear you, but also I think there's always going to be some element of it, even if you do like the journey into oneself, there's going to be things that are potentially scary, but. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also to your point why these villains have to be a little bit over the top and their sidekick has to be hilarious because you want to take the Jafar is an incredibly menacing villain. Mm-hmm. But when you've got Gilbert Gottfried's Iago around there, <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, yeah. it's, it, everyone's just having a good time. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, y- you soften the blow a little bit, but it, I, I think what, where, where my theory, and, and for those of you that are there that have been like, what in the world is he talking about? My Disney villains theory is that a Disney movie cannot be great. Iconic unless it has a good villain. And we haven't had an iconic movie yet. And since, since they went to this new format, frozen even has somewhat of a, 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 they have a, a half villain in Hans. It's not a great villain, but he's a villain since then. We haven't, I mean, Moana is the one exception. Yeah. I, I think Moana is the one exception out of it all that became a blockbuster. And I, to this day, believe that Moana was riding the wave, no pun intended, right in the wave of frozen success that, you know, it was billed as the next frozen this movie. I don't think, I I don't think Encanto is going to be the iconic movie. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a, I don't think it's iconic. It depends. And this goes back to what we talked about 10 minutes ago. It depends on how they capitalize. Yeah. If they can get a Columbia pavilion into Epcot, or at least announce that this is happening and this is what the attraction is going to be. It's going to be the Casita and you're going to meet all the Madrigal family. And there's going to be the soundtrack. It's going to be so much fun. Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. I think I said all- Brazilian pavilion earlier. I, I'm sorry, everyone, but it is Colombian. You're right. I, I apologize. I know no, it's no, South I, American, but I said the wrong country. Um, and then, and then, you know, we're going to also going to do a TV show where you'll get to hang out with the family Madrigal yep. and, uh, you know, Know, learn more about the family and their powers and interact with them more. I think then that can catapult you. Cause remember frozen did this too, yep. where it was okay. Yes. Frozen came out and then there were frozen shorts. There was, yeah. well that, that was probably one of the best things that Disney did was literally with the, the frozen came out in uh, November of 2013 by spring of 2015. So less than a year and a half later, they had, the, that that that's the first frozen short, the one frozen fever, the, right? Yeah, she gets the cold. Yeah, and, with the snowies. It was like the most hotly anticipated short. Like it, it was, it, I mean, it was like ten minutes, if that. But oh my god, it added to the lore of Frozen. It added the snowies because the snowies were not part of it originally. Um, Marshmallow was taking care of the snow. Like it, it follow the string, and that song became just as popular as. In fact, I remember when that song would come on at the Disney Store, and how much I loved that song, and I would dance to that song because it was so good. Um, but they capitalized on it. Like if they're not already have a plan for a um, Encanto short in the works already, th- what are they doing? What yeah. are they doing? Like something like to yeah. me, 
you you've gotten this you captive audience. Yeah, you got to do something with it at this point. And and I think this also brings up a, 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 another conversation with, um, you know, again, this did not take off until Disney Plus. Now, again, you know, whole bunch of stuff. But, you know, in March, Turning Red is uh, coming out. That's the next Pixar movie. And it's going straight to Disney Plus. It's skipping mm-hmm. theaters. And, you know, I've read a lot of articles that say, you know, Pixar is very hurt. You know, a lot of employees are hurt by this because are we not good enough for a theatrical release, yada, yada, yada. And I read an article responding to that saying going straight to Disney Plus is not a bad thing. No, I think maybe at one point the idea of being um, uh, I, I think the idea of being put um, specifically or, or immediately onto a streaming service was like the kiss of death. But Disney has rewritten that playbook. Disney yeah. has rewritten that playbook and and now put it this way if you're an artist or if you're a, a content producer you don't really care where it goes you just want to get your your work out there it, this kind of comes down to the fact of are you in it for the money or are you in it for your your art form right now there is something to be said that you know you need to be able to make money doing your art form but you know, my God, there are a lot of independent artists out there who would love to be featured on a Disney Plus platform or a Netflix platform or a Hulu platform, right? And that is the thing that streaming has done is it's given not just major studios the ability to do some of the stuff, but independent studios to be able to do some of the stuff as well. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I wonder if in the long term, maybe even the medium term, within the next five to ten years, whether movie theaters will even exist anymore. I, I really do wonder that. Well, this is where I think that movie theaters are going to have to change their... It's going to have to be, why should I go to a movie theater? Because, okay, I'm sitting in my basement right now. I have surround sound around here. I've got seven speakers in my basement yep. that give me great surround sound. I've got a big screen TV. Okay, it's not as big of, as a theater, but it's still really, really great. High definition. So the theaters, I think, are going to have to kind of adapt and say... I mean, my my idea is very simple is like I, I think they got to partner with merchandising and say you come and see the latest Disney movie or the latest Marvel movie or whatever movie. And we you get a free pin button action figure poster like it's included in your ticket. And that drive that would drive me to the theater. Like if you promised me merch with my ticket, I'd go to the theater. Um, if, if, or, if the, or you another potential is is. You know, you take a, a a page out of the Clue playbook, where different theaters theaters might get one version of the movie, and the you know the 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 home version gets another, and maybe you get like ten extra minutes of exclusive content. Yeah. In the movie, in the movie or something. There's got to be something that's going to drive people in. Frankly put, and and I've heard this from a lot of people. I think you even said this on the pod at some point. Why am I going to spend fifteen dollars or twelve dollars for a ticket? Uh, for a family of four, so that's forty-eight bucks, and then I want popcorn and drinks. That's another, you know, for a family of four, that's another fifty bucks, right, right there, yeah. or whatever, or you know, forty bucks. I've just spent, I've just dropped a hundred bucks to go see a two-hour movie or so for a family of four. Or I can, even if I pay the premium subscription of thirty bucks here, I have my own popcorn, my own drinks, my own snacks. I'm out thirty bucks, and it's mine. Yeah, and, like, and, yeah, and, I can and I'm in the comfort of my own home. I can pause it. Somebody's go to the bathroom. I just, I'm I not pause risking it. getting sick. Yep. You know, I, I yeah. But anyway, we are way off topic. No, no, no. We, but we, but we I think, I think these are all conversations. These are all things as I've been digesting this movie, like things that I've thought about, like that, that it's, it's crazy that, yeah, the movie dinosaur made more money yet. This is going to yeah. be in Disney lore forever it, because of we, Disney Plus. And we were already here. I, put, put this way. This was, this is not because of COVID. This was be we were going to get here within a matter of five or 10 years. I think COVID just literally fast track. I mean, it was literally the catalyst that brought us ahead. What would have been five years from now? I, I really do believe that. Oh yeah. So yeah. But as far as the movie goes, yeah, I, I love your idea. I, I, I think that, I think it makes total sense. Again, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it, but I'm also not necessarily the the target demographic for the movie per se, right? I mean, the target demographic for the movie is again that 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 kid preteen ish area. 
Um, I think that there's some fun in the movie. I, and, and, you know, we're going to shift over to these conversations about some of the themes here in a minute. Let me ask you this, though. Were there any parts of the movie that you did not like before we moved to the themes and the thematic elements? Not really. Um, I don't know. Like, it, I, I just liked the movie. I, I, I can't think of any part that I hated. I mean, outside of, again, like wanting to spend more time with the characters – um, you know, that's it. Fair enough. I mean, that's, um, that says a lot that you don't have. I, I really don't know. have anything bad to say about it. I, I, yeah, it, I think for me, it's the wrap up at the end. I think it just, I think that it just, it, it, it builds this climax. We get what we want, but it happens so fast. I think that's my, my, my biggest thing. I, again, I think the character development's great. I, I, you, you can absolutely f- relate to any one or multiple of these characters. So let's let's shift then to just kind of some of the, the themes, the thematic elements. You know, you had mentioned earlier, Matt, you know, that everybody can relate to being part of a big family and, and, and the, the family dynamics. Um, for me, I think the thing that I enjoyed most about this movie beyond beyond the obvious is the fact that there is that deep element of family comes first no matter what even if it means destroying the family. Mm. And I think, you know, that the, 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 the keeping up of appearances is so important to previous generations. I think about my mom, right? My mom, you know, I love her. I mean, she's my mom, and, but her generation and her brothers, she's the youngest of six brothers and sisters or, uh, 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 yeah, six siblings, that generation in their mind, it was all about keeping the appearance that everything's together, even though in some cases things fall apart underneath, but you don't want to show that dirty laundry to the world. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I mean, this is tailor made. Like what you just described is this movie that you have Abuela who is outwardly to this town. Like we need to help this town. So outwardly the magic is fine. Nothing is wrong, but then you start, talking with characters and i mean this is where we got to talk about surface pressure which again you and i i believe that this is the best song i i do why would anything be wrong i'm totally fine magic's fine louisa's fine i'm totally not nervous your eyes doing the thing i'm the strong one i'm not nervous i'm as tough as the crust of the earth is okay I move mountains, I move churches, and I glow because I know what my worth is. Of course, I mean, hey, where are you going? I don't ask how hard the work is. Got a rough and destructible surface. Diamonds and platinum, I find them, I flatten them. I take what I'm handed, I break what's demanded. But under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus. Under the surface. Was Hercules ever like, yo, I don't want to find service Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can be of service A floor crack, the straw in the stack That breaks the camel's back, what breaks the camel's back I was watching um, Nate as we were watching this because we watched it together So what's interesting about the surface pressure song So Nate comes from a family where he's the, he's the eldest There is one brother who's older than him but he wasn't kind of in the picture when nate was growing up he was elsewhere and so nate's the eldest and because he was the oldest he was relied on to do a lot of different things in the house look after the kids and you know because his parents were working all the time and he felt this pressure of if i don't do it everything's gonna fall apart and as we're watching the movie i'm watching nate nate actually teared up at that it's not necessarily meant to be a movie that you cry, but he actually teared up. He, 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 he cried a little bit. And and I knew exactly what he was feeling because he's told me about his experiences before. And I know there are plenty of people out there who felt exactly what Louisa was feeling, which is this idea of, you know, I have to take on this responsibility and, and hold it in. And I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to be weak even for a moment because if I do, everything crumbles. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that song is just that's and and the the part that gets me every time is the last chorus where she's 
the boulders are falling on her and she's looking at Mirabelle as she's singing it. And like, there's just this look on her face. The animators did a great job and voice actor did a great job of where it's, it's, it's this like cry for help of like, I don't like watch as she buckles and bends, but never break. Like it just is that, that like 20 seconds is, I, I think the best animated and voiced and music like the mashup of it all it is a darn near perfect scene And, um, I mean, I think we all, again, we all can think of a time we were under some pressure and it was, you know, it felt like you're about to pop or tip or boom, or you were, or you you have, yeah, there are moments where you, I mean, Ooh, man, I, I mean, when I was in college, the, 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 the final year I was an RA, uh, my cousin had unfortunately, um, passed away, uh, and and I was in the process of coming out, and I remember I was walking. Oh, and we were supposed to be doing this thing for. Um, we're supposed to be going to this regional. It was called Ula Kerr. It's a Great Lakes something for residence halls, and for whatever reason, the bid that I wrote got got declined, and I finally had enough, and I snapped, and I and I remember walking away, and I'm walking to the counselor in residence office, Trevor, and we're closing the door, and I said, I can't anymore. So I totally, I mean, everyone has been there. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Um, in some of my Facebook groups, uh, a, a meme has come up of the various grandmothers that we've seen throughout the Disney. Oh, he's putting his hands up. So oh. I think he knows where I'm going with this. Okay. Oh. And, and it says, you know, thank you for being a great grandmother. And then the one of Abuela, but not you. And then it goes on. I, and And there seems to be this bitterness towards Abuela. Do you, do you relate to that? Do you subscribe to that? What am I missing here? Like, I don't have a bitterness towards her. I saw those same things and I was like, okay, so, you know, you know, I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to judge. And I go in, yes, at the beginning of the film and for the first, you know, 60%, 70% of the film. Yeah. She's very much the stereotypical mental health denier. Everything's fine. Keep appearances, stay out of the way. Don't worry about it. But she comes around at the end, like yeah. that whole scene at the river where she lets Mirabelle into her trauma. And, and then, um, and then allows Mirabelle to kind of take the lead in helping repair everything and bring Like I, I, if, if she were to have stayed stubborn, yeah, I would have been like, what a terrible grandmother. She, she, she changed. That's what you want as a person with mental health that has run into mental health deniers. What you want is the person to come around and go, okay, I understand this now. And she does. I I don't don't get the hate. What I don't don't get it either. And what I don't understand is, is she not worthy of forgiveness too? Like everybody who is, is throwing the shade at her and saying how horrible of a person she is. And she's the one who caused all this. Is she not worthy of someone's forgiveness? Is she not worthy? Is she not allowed to make a mistake, even as the matriarch of the family? Is she not allowed to be a human too? And that's that's what I don't understand. It's like it's like suddenly we, we've become we've started living in this world where making a mistake of any kind makes you weak or makes you a villain of some kind, and you're not redeemable at all. And like people were literally labeling her the villain of the film. And I'm like, you clearly don't know what a villain is. If you are calling her a villain, no, I I just, I don't get it. She causes conflict in the context of the family. Yes. But, but I mean, I think, I mean, like my parents have probably caused conflict in our family. I don't think of a a specific example, but that doesn't mean my parents are not villains. Like, okay. Like, my grandmother, my grandma Wooly, God rest her soul. She, you know, she she passed away ten years ago. There was a period of time where there was a rift between my dad and my brother, or his brother and 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 
being able to see my grandmother because this was stuff that my grandmother did. And, and in a lot of ways she caused drama and, and my dad became relatively bitter about it, but he still loves her. It's still his mom. It's still my grandmother. And at the end of the day, I still have amazing memories of my grandmother and he still has amazing mother memories of his mother. You can't judge a person based on one mistake or even a series of multiple mistakes, especially if they come around at the end, well, that's the thing, you know, she, like she comes around, like I get it. Yeah. She does not treat Mirabelle very well. Like she doesn't like the first part of this movie. She does not treat her very well. She no. puts a lot of pressure on her grandkids. She puts a lot of pressure on her kids. She, she definitely caused Bruno to, you know, yep. go hide away for 10 years. Yeah. All those things are bad, but yet she comes around at the end and even, her trauma of what she went through makes sense of why she is doing that, that she lost everything when her husband got captured and killed uh, uh, and then got this miracle that that made her, this family a safe haven. And she's trying to protect that. Like, it's and coming from it a good comes, place. And I think some of it also comes from her lack of knowledge or ignorance of why too. I, I think the movie does a pretty decent job. You never really figure out why this magic's there. Yeah. Like it, 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 the magic's just there. And in a lot of ways you are a boil at first it, it, in a lot of ways as the audience member, you're just along for the ride. And she's in a lot of ways, the protagonist of the film for the first 10 minutes, as you start to learn about her story but you never really understand why the magic's there. You just know it's there. It's and there. She, and, and after she loses her husband, she sets out to protect the magic at all costs and do good in the world. I mean, that that's the thing is she's, she's coming at a place of trying to do good in the world with this gift that's been given to her. And, and, and yeah, she loses her way a little bit because she's lost in her path. She's lost in past. She's lost in tradition. She's lost in the way that that's the way it's always been done. Ladies and gentlemen, we've all been there. Yeah. Tradition, legacy, history, whether it's in the family your workplace, your friend circle, life moves on no matter where you are and the further back you are stuck, the more difficult it gets for you in the future. She's just an example. She's the embodiment of it in this movie. Well, and what I love is that because of her wanting to help the town and giving the town and helping it thrive, what happened when everyone lost their powers? Who comes to the rescue exactly. to help build the house up? It's the whole town. The community comes back together. They don't care that well. now the powers are gone. They care that, listen, you, okay, your, your magic's gone. Oh, well. You helped us for all the you no. Know, it's our turn to return the favor. We yep. are okay. Had the had the magic not come back, it would have like I, it would have been okay because that town. Yeah, was like I was okay if the magic didn't come back. Like it almost made more sense that the magic wouldn't come back. That the magic was there to protect the family when they needed it. She used the gift to be able to help others. Now the magic's gone, and the magic is not about this this mystical magic. The magic is about community coming together to support one another, to be together. You know, and again, this again, we we could go all night on themes and things. You know, that's a whole other theme in of itself is community coming together to help build up other people and to help people, you know, become better versions of themselves. This does a really good job with that too. I agree. Yeah, it, it's that's that's where I really enjoyed that all coming together. I, so I, I yeah, I do not understand no, I the abuela hate. I, I if if I if the movie stopped halfway through, yeah, I would get it. Yep. But her whole arc is is it's and it's 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 a good arc. It really is. I mean, and, and she has a great arc. Maribel has a good arc. Um, they, they all have. I, I love um, Isabel, Isabel's arc where, you know, she's the pretty one, but she doesn't love the guy next door. It's the other one who loves the guy next door, right? Like, it, 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 in fact, that was a part of the story I didn't even see coming at first. I was, oh, that's that's an interesting turn of events. Okay. Um, do you have anything more on themes? I want to shift it to merchandise for a couple minutes. No, no, I'm, I'm good. Merchandise. Right. Oh, you know merch. we love talking merch. Well, here's why I want to talk merch. So, did you hear the story about Disney's goof? Oh, yeah. About, oh, yeah. about the Louisa doll. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Disney 
for our listeners who don't know the story. So Disney, when they produced all this merchandise, Disney does what Disney does, assuming that all the little girls out there or, or, or boys, all the little kids out there who want to buy these toys are going to want to buy Isabella, Isabella toy that you're going to want to, you know, have the pretty one, the one who's constantly gorgeous, the true definition of what they could determine a, a, a uh, Disney princess to be. What did they find? That stuff is sitting on the shelves. It's, it, Everybody wants the Louisa toys. They want they want the one that's strong, the one that that actually looks like them. Um, and they didn't produce enough of these toys, so they're scrambling to try to get these toys out because they don't have enough of them. And it's like Disney. How many times can you make this mistake? Like I I I, I will give Disney props in that Mirabel looks like a real person. Like good on you she yeah. doesn't have an outrageously crazy like that trend started with moana and has seemed to have continued along with raya and you know we, we've seen that trend a lot more but disney disney come on like why did you go for the stereotypical princess versus this other person over here i just don't get it well and it's not like louisa is not feminine no they make a good they do a really good job of yes she is the strong one and yes she has quote unquote manly qualities i use that with heavy she, she, air quotes she, she had uh she had air she had air quotes in there yes yes um but she also like the dancing that she does in surface pressure is very feminine and like she she has like the feminine qualities so to speak and so like yeah what kid is not thinking yeah i want to be beautiful and strong and 100% and so, yeah, yeah, that one was, I mean, this isn't the first time that Disney has missed on a character or something. I mean, with, um, you know, there's always a character that comes out that people are looking for. I mean, even with Coco, it was Miguel, yeah. Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. Everyone wants something Miguel. And yep. we had Pepita and Dante and, you know, yep. everything else, but nothing Miguel. Yeah. I, one thing I will say as we kind of start to round the bend here, you know, continue, again, talking about Disney's choices. Again, I love the, the all Latino cast. I, I love I love how they were able to, to, to really bring some diversity. Disney, man, th- this, this would have been a perfect choice, one of these ensemble movies, to bring in some more LGBT representation, man. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand where the holdup is. Like this would have been a perfect choice for that. It didn't have to be the main character. It, it didn't. It didn't have to be the main character. It could have been, a, a, again, a side character. It, but they could have had a mo- like. I. What are you waiting for? I, I just don't get it. I, I think the merchandise shows that while we think of Disney as on the cutting edge of this kind of stuff, they still very much are caught in the 30 years ago thing again why why would any girl not want to be isabella we need to we need to put out and that's what we need to do and and i think they're just caught in this yeah you know we we want to be on the cutting edge of these progressive cultural norms but, but also not if it affects we're not, bottom line. not if but it yeah, not hurts our bottom line. Yeah. And we don't really want to be in the news that much about it. And we, you know, you know what, we're just, we're just, you know, it, it, yeah. Okay. Here at the parks, we'll have some LGBTQ days and we'll get the merch, the rainbow Mickey's and minis and the rainbow collection. Yeah. But I, I sadly, I think it's going to be a while before we see like, I would say a like really impactful character and not one that's just like a, um, Oh look, I mean, onward had the LGBTQ character, but it was a side character, but it, 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 it not was, even it was, a it was side a, character. It was, it was a throwaway character. Was, character. Yeah. yeah. It was a, a character that saying, you're not worried of about members in the movie. Of, the, of, of the family magical could have been gay and maybe they are. And we just don't, don't know about it yet. Right. They very much could have been gay or could have been trans or could have that. The, I know there is the risk that, that you're going to that you're going to get the, the the crazy million moms march, the conservative, you know, ah, boycott Disney. But they're not. Disney already is not. a. They're not already. A, Disney's already 
not on their favorites list at this point. Like, what are you like? Disney is like the evil empire to some of these people as it is already. Like, what? Like, yeah. what's the deal? Okay, and and I have to speak to this because um, I, I myself I, I identify as a Christian um, as yes as do you. But this is different and, though. This is I'm not calling christians out i'm calling the conservative right out on this but go ahead please uh, well unfortunately um many I, I will say this statement that many on the conservative side i d- say say they are christian correct they say they're christian <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm, 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 say something else yes I'm, I'm going to i'm going to i'm going to caveat that but what what always gets me about that argument is disney is not a christian company no so the idea that that we are that we would hold them to the standard of like what we would consider the Christian standard that's dumb. <laughs> like, well, I, I think that's it stupid. Is, so in, in their whatever, mind, sorry, that's a rant. No, 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 no. In their mind, I think it is. Oh, Christianity equals family. Family equals Disney. Well, if Disney does something that's not Christianity, then they don't equal family. Like I think that's where they're like. I don't expect LGBT representation in VeggieTales. Like, that's not going to happen. I totally get that. Like, Larry the Cucumber clearly, I don't even think Larry the Cucumber has got a love interest, but if he does, uh, it's probably going to Manatee? Okay, okay. So, you know, I, I don't expect, like, LGBT representation in VeggieTales. It's just not going to happen. I, I, I totally get that. But Disney is on the forefront of culture. They always have been. And for all the values that they spout, this is such a blind spot for them. What are they waiting for? Yes, there is a chance that if they do this, they are going to get some blowback. But the amount of blowback they get if they do it right will be tenfold more, uh, would be tenfold outshined by everybody who goes and says, you finally did it right and we can move on. That's what gets me is if they do it right, Okay, there's going to be some blowback, and okay, it's going to risk the bottom line. I don't think there's a risk in the bottom line at all. No, not at all, not at all. And this would have been a perfect movie for them to get again people talking. It just, yeah, I don't know, Disney. Yeah. Whew, man, oh man. So, okay, final thoughts. Um, what would you give this one out of ten? Out of ten, ooh, that's see, I'm I'm a little bit more high on this. If I'm going, um, uh, you know, in thirds of, you know, yeah, there are sixty Disney movies now, animated Disney movies. What what yeah. third is this yeah, in? Yeah, what third is this in? It's in my top third. I mean, I'd even ooh, go, I'd, really? I'd go, yeah, I'd go nine out of ten on this. Like, it's not a perfect movie, but I, I mean, wow. I could see myself rewatchability. I could see myself watching that again. Absolutely. Wow, man, you are high on it, man. Wow. I, now I, it's, definitely it not, it's definitely not do, top do you ten. Rank it higher than Raya and the Last Dragon. No, I th- I I personally like Raya better, and okay. part of that is just so it's I not like top ten, but it's top top twenty. So you're in like the eleven to twenty range. Yeah, we're in the eleven to twenty range, and okay. and I think Raya's. I, I just prefer the Raya story. Like that's just my right. personal like the whole like quest to go find these, and there's more you know more actiony things. That's just a, a story that I personally like more. Um, I'm also becoming a Raya stan where like because that movie came out at such an odd time, I really don't want it to like go by the wayside and us to forget about it. And because I think it's a criminally underrated movie. It's a movie that no one's talking about because yeah. it doesn't have the Billboard number one music because there's no it's not a musical. Mm-hmm. But it also has some really, really good characters and some yeah, really we might see some additional content come out. Yeah. So what, what about you? Where is where is this for you? I, I give this probably a six out of 10, six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I would say middle, middle, middle of the pack. Um, slightly you know, above average is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah slightly above. Again, I give it a B. B is an C is average. So yeah. But yeah, I, I would give it a B. I, I, if it's on, I'll watch it. And maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it a little bit more. I don't know. You know, it was the first time out. Mind you, the day that I watched it was the day we got the Lego Cinderella set. So my mind was like, I want to go do this. <laughs> so, you know, part of me was that. But I did watch it. I purposely did not put the Lego set together. I was watching the movie. But, like, it, it um, yeah, I, I say six, six and a half would be seven out of ten. I mean, it, it's not it's not perfect by any means. I'd say average or slightly above average. Well, so. I think it's worth saying for us, we are – two white guys in their thirties. <laughs> yes. um, this movie I think has so much more meaning to children who are Latino, African-American, 
where oh, there are characters on the screen that look like them. 100%. And, and, that, and someone can point to any character on the screen and say, that, that's me, this person. Yeah. It's not just the way they look. It's the way they act, their personalities. Um, 100%, 100%. I have never had problems finding representation in movies. I'm still looking for it. Um, yeah, yeah. I am a 30 year old. Obviously, a, wi- a, a, a white guy, like, yes. Man, but I'm like, still looking for the LGBT stuff. But yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've never had that problem. And so, I mean, that's that's the lens that I look through this from. And I think that's a big reason why this movie is higher on people's, yeah. uh, a oh, lot of people's lists. Make no mistake. If it's bringing joy to people, awesome. Like, I love that this movie is bringing joy. I love that a Disney movie song is top of the Billboard charts. I absolutely think that is phenomenal. And again, there have been a couple of times I've been at work that I popped the soundtrack on just to listen to it because it's a great soundtrack. I yeah. think it's, it's awesome. Lin-Manuel Miranda can do no wrong in my book. Like he's awesome. Um, so yeah. So anyway, uh, anything else? Otherwise I think it's time to, to it's closing time. I don't think so. I mean, I'm trying to think of like any news or anything like that. And I mean, really it's been, it's been, I have news. Oh, I do guess what? I am planning right now. Uh-oh. What? Oh, are you I, planning a Disney vacation? I am planning a Disneyland vacation. Oh. So earlier this week, Nate, um, we're driving the car. He goes, let's do a vacation to Hollywood this summer. And I'm like, wait, what? He goes, yeah, let's go to Hollywood. Let's do a, let's do a week vacation. I'm like, Hollywood or like Anaheim or both? He goes, both. He goes, we can hit Disneyland up while we're out there. I'm like, yeah. Okay. yeah really oh okay okay so um so yeah we're, we're looking at june um uh like a wednesday to a wednesday um i actually contacted our friend chris wood from the um, um uh, mouse and more travel and i said hey this is what we want to do this is my budget can we make it work and so chris is on it and she's like yeah you know we'll put you in a good neighbor hotel for a couple of days and then we'll get you over to hollywood so yeah we are planning a trip to california for the first time i've never been and um uh gonna do gonna do disneyland for three days gonna nice. do we're not gonna do we're not gonna do um universal studios chris said it's not all that great out there but we're gonna do like the hollywood walk of frame uh oh, santa, yeah. santa monica pier the hollywood side like all the stuff all the touristy stuff that you got to do in hollywood and, and and you know and yeah so we're planning a disneyland vacation awesome. i was originally going to go to d23 um in september but by the time i i like decided that we were going to do it um tickets had sold out so yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's definitely on on my list of what I want to do. Um, I, I at some point I gotta like you know at some point I'll become more financially stable. <laughs> You're, hey, you know what? You're getting there. You're getting there. It's you got kids right now too. That's the other big thing. Yeah. So. Which by the way, I got a new kid. Um, <laughs> I got a new dog. <laughs> I got a new yeah. dog. His, his name is Marty, and he's awesome, and he's like acclimating really well. So we have three dogs now. They're actually being really good. They are not making any noise right now, which is which is wow. Awesome. All right, it's closing time. If you would like to get a hold of us, Matt, how do they get a hold of us if they want to yes. get a hold of us? Yes, um, uh, you can email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Um, uh, 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 sorry, train of thought just got uh, okay. lost there for uh, a second. You can also uh, find us on uh, sorcererandnetwork.com. Yes, yeah, sorcererandnetwork.com, and, and, and uh, uh, definitely check that out. Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at beersandears1928. I'm going to apologize to our listeners um, uh, to go along the themes of there. My mental health has been kind of off the past month. January, it always does. So um, social network's been kind of the disorder is kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. the the website's been a little bit down, but I I am I'm hopeful by the time this comes out, I will actually I have I have an idea of like something I want to write. I will like I like there's there I want to start getting that going, but it's just been um been been a little bit of a rough month for me. So um. Uh, just mentally. So, um, you know, we're getting there with that. We got you, buddy. (laughs) I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, um, um, I know I took a week off on discontinued on display. And, um, so it's, 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 I want to listen to discontinued on display, but all the shows you've done so far, I don't know them. I don't know any of them. I'm like, I don't know what he, there's one coming up called Heroes. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, um, Heroes. Is that the one with, like, they were all had superpowers and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it was on NBC, like, yeah, in the mid-2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do if nothing that. else, you should listen to him. Because had, there's what's some... her name? Something Panetaria or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should listen to that episode and hear me butcher her name. <laughs> uh, I just butchered her name, too, so, yeah. Um, so, anyway, like, um, <laughs> and as always, rate and review us. Um, tell your friends, like, we're, we're, um, 
we're so excited of that this is kind of expanding. Um, I've got some other things in the works that I'm not quite ready to announce yet because I'm 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 not close to getting them off the ground, but I'm in the beginning stages. <laughs> or if you of it, put so them out there in the universe, it's like they have a deadline now. Right? Yes, exactly. So you know, but getting on the ground floor, getting on all the fun stuff we'll be doing. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. So, Perfect. all right, let's all right, uh let's raise, raise our, glasses. our glasses. I've got my um, Mickey Mouse. He looks like he's in the. Do you remember this mug? I do. Yes. So it's Mickey Mouse. He looks like he's crashed through my mug. So it is just water in there, which is, you know. Oh, I have chocolate liqueur and peanut butter whiskey. That sounds really good. It is very. I've been sipping on that all podcast. It's very, very good. Oh, man. All right. Well, this one's been on us, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Book of Boba Fett. We'll see you real soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. 